What's up? It's the Weird Faith Podcast. I am Scott. That's Phil. And we have a special guest today from the very far region of Barbersville, West Virginia, also known as Greater Huntington area, the metropolitan area of Huntington. We have Jordan Casto. Say hi. Hello. Tell us all about about yourself. Yeah, um, I am from West Virginia. This is my first time in Clarksburg. He uh, said the road up here this morning was beautiful, which you ever driven 79? It is gorgeous, but it's also boring. Incredibly. So. The tractors really helped that I was behind. That, <laughs> that was terrible. I'm a youth pastor. I substitute teach, and I love to sleep. You love hey, to sleep. There you go. That's a man after my own heart. If you haven't noticed, now we got two episodes in a row where Josh isn't here. So I'm he's prom- okay. He's okay. But uh, <laughs> Phil, you, you, why don't you share? Yeah, uh, so this is a really busy time for youth pastors. Uh, <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> uh, I've got go. all the time Sorry. in the world. <laughs> no, but this is a, a busy time for Josh uh, during the year, so he'll he'll be back for our Christmas episode. Uh, we'll do a live stream Christmas episode uh, here in a few weeks, and uh, and we'll see where his schedule's at the beginning of next year. Uh, so we've got some exciting ideas. For no that. more rumors. <laughs> Michael Yus, I know are, you've been spreading rumors. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but Phil said it. We're gonna. This will be our last episode. We're gonna do one more live event during December because you know the hustle and bustle of Christmas. Yeah. We're busy too. Josh not the only one. We actually do stuff also sometimes. Uh, sometimes, and Jordan does probably. I'm you sure have too. jobs <laughs> just on Sunday. But we'll do a special hour. live one. We we enjoyed kicking off season two yeah, with the live event, so we're gonna do that again. Maybe do some Christmas games and. uh Ugly Christmas sweaters or something. I think something. we should do like a, 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 what do you call it? like a, Santa. Secret, Secret Santa. Santa? Yeah. From our guests or for, for, for each other? For each other, yeah. We'll each That's pretty self-serving. <laughs> no, but, but it'll be like a We'll be really secretive? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, also have to still send Scott pictures of what the gift is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all it is. It's a picture. Of I will see beforehand <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to talk about some things that, we know that Jordan loves. So Jordan's in class with us at, in Palmer Seminary. And whenever we go to seminary, we're away at Parchment Valley, which is down in Ripley, West Virginia, for a few days. Jordan is the one who always brings a variation of a board game, a card game. It keeps us entertained because there's like zero internet yeah. at Parchment Valley. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, what do you do? You just sit there and stare at the wall, or do you like talk to people and play games? Right. And so you have brought several different ones, and we're going to talk about one here in a little yeah. bit that you've brought. But what is, if you could say your all-time favorite game, just in general, what is it? I'd have to say Settlers of Catan. Uh, that was I've the game I was introduced to post like Monopoly and Uno mm. um, that really got me into board games again. Uh, so junior, is sophomore it year of college. Is that the correct, correct pronunciation? Yes, Catan. Because okay. I've always heard Catan. For, for everyone out there, it is Catan. Uh, I'm a, just a simple guy. I like mindless games that... Uh, don't take a lot of rules. The opposite of Jordan's games. Uh, so I, I really like Uno. I know that's not exciting, but I love just playing Uno. Extreme Uno. All of them. I, you know, I'll do all of them. Yeah. Uh, I like Telestrations. You ever play Telestrations? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you remember like the game when you were a kid, Telephone, where you whisper something in someone's ear and you see oh, how yeah. 
So it's the same concept, but the first person writes a phrase, the next person draws it, and the next person sees that image and has to write a phrase, and then you just keep going. So then you see at the very end the sentence compared to the very last image that's drawn. Right. It's really so funny. So that's an in-person mm-hmm. game? Because there's a Gartic phone. Have we yeah. played that, yeah. right? It's similar. Similar thing. Where it's an online, kind of like a Jackbox thing. Where okay. You, can, uh, you get a phrase that someone else wrote, and then you draw a picture, and then they... So that one's fun because you can... You can make up the phrase. Right. The other one, the illustration is a little bit safer sometimes. Yes, it has right. made up phrases. Sounds uh, like a, the bucket, I think is what it's called. Mm. College game, you like write verbs down, you throw oh, in the yeah. bucket, and then it's you can describe it. Second mm. round, you get one Fishbowl word. Fishbowl is also what we call Fish it. Fishbowl. Yeah. Yes. Third round, yeah. you have to yeah. like yeah. just gesture. So we like games here. Mm. Uh, we've I've been introduced to a game here on this show called 30 Second Sermons. Mm. And I have been waiting for this moment for about six or seven months. I am no longer the new person here. Nope. Has this never played this game is Jordan. So Phil and Jordan are going to square off today in a variation of 30 second sermons. But not only have I, have I been preparing for this mentally, I've also been preparing for this physically, not getting into shape, probably getting out of shape. Sure. <laughs> I, I love Chinese food and I've collected all of my fortune cookies just for this moment. <laughs> so we're going to play 30 second sermon. Fortune cookie edition. All right. I have in this multiple. Uh, they are some are terrible. I don't know how you're going to do it. <laughs> but since Phil's the legend here, okay. he'll go first and then we'll turn it over to you and we'll, we'll have fun with it. Okay. And then I won't judge you all. They will. Of course. Your peers. So. As they do. Are you ready? Pick one. Mm-hmm. All right. What do we got here? <laughs> Man. Okay, it says a cheerful letter or message is on the way to you. Do I just start? Yeah. A cheerful letter or message is on the way to each and every one of us. It starts at Genesis 1-1. And you could write there, right at the beginning of your Bible, Dear Jordan. And at the end, write at Revelation 21 from God. This letter is written to you to help you understand where you stand before God and how you can get to him. And that should make you very cheerful. Hmm. Well done. Well done. That was easier than it should have been. Right? (laughs) Ready? He's going to get no. (laughs) There's a couple in here. I'm like, have fun. (laughs) Uh, It says your numbers are. There are some churches that are like that. How about another fortune? Are your legs tired? You've been running through someone's mind all day long. Yeah, I don't think that's impossible. No, that's easy. <laughs> yeah. Can I can make a confession real quick? Yeah. I have a friend, Kenzie, and she would randomly look at me and she's like just an object, like a water bottle, and be like, Jordan, tell me a sermon about the water bottle. So you prepared no. this. I think that's I've been awesome. prepared. Yeah. Uh, but is. we'll find out. So I think you're stalling right now. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Are your legs tired? Been running through someone's mind all day long. I think we're all tired. Mm-hmm. I think just going in and out of life day by day, the world just weighs on us, the issues, the problems that we face, the hardships. But there is someone who is thinking about us mm-hmm. besides your mom. <laughs> it is the Lord, Amen. God, the Father, who has his mind on you from the beginning of time. And he has been waiting for you, 
watching and waiting and hoping that you would see him in his creation, see his word and how much he loves you and mm. how much he cares for you and that you would come to him. And you don't have to be tired because he will take all your burdens and That's he will good. take all your cares. Well done. Yeah, that is awesome. Hey, uh, do you feel stupid now? Why? Because <laughs> he just did he so crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> What was your first uh, Oh, it was probably like... tougher than that. I don't remember. That yeah. was a pre- You probably could have done that. No, that one's easy. Uh, yeah. Have you ever guys heard of that song? He ran to me. He looked <clears> me <throat> in the eye. No, Mm-mm. just me. The Creed? Up, yeah. Oh. That's what happens when I <laughs> when I don't remember the lyrics. It just melds into that. Okay. A forgotten project will resurface at the perfect moment. You know, in the Old Testament, near the end, right at the end of Malachi, there's a portion of the Bible that we don't think about, and that's between Malachi and Matthew, called the intertestamental period. There's 400 years of time when those people felt forgotten. God wasn't communicating with them. He wasn't uh, sending prophets or uh, doing miracles. There was a time of feeling forgotten. But at just the right time, the Bible says, God made a way through Jesus Christ for us to get to him. And he was born of a virgin. And we're going to celebrate that here. Did you know that's what Christmas is about? Yeah. Yeah. Not Rudolph, not, not Santa. It's the son of God who is that perfect time. Even when we're uh, not aware of what he's doing, he is working the perfect project. And one day he's going to come back again. And finish it. And finish it once for all. Wow. Man, these are actually man. working pretty good. Yeah. I think this is the way to play the I game. I should just do on. this with sermons all the time. <laughs> God, thank you, China. Me. <laughs> We're gonna a uh, uh, deal worked out with China One Kitchen, yeah. <laughs> the official sponsor of CBC sermons. <laughs> and right. Panda Express is some of these. Yeah, so. Panda Express doesn't have the numbers on the back, so this one was a little easier. Uh-huh. You will be inspired to create your masterpiece today. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, for a really long time, I didn't think I was very creative. And then I started to, to write. Uh, I have a, like a, a story that I've been writing. Uh, and I realized that everyone is kind of creative in their own way. Some people paint. Some people like go out into the wilderness and like uh, those videos where they like make a house or whatever. Like the guy who just like made a house out of dirt. And I think that is related to God because mm-hmm. God is the master craftsman. He is the original creator. And we have a little, uh, little bit of him in ourselves. We, yeah. are, we are made in his image. And I think that when we create, we are showing a reflection of him, that we long to be close to him, to imitate him in some way. And so, of course, the best story ever told is the Bible. The best creation is what God did in seven days. Amen. Crushing it. (laughs) I'm not Let's just go through them all. Let's just go through them all, Scott. One more piece. All right. Here we go. Here we go. What do you do? closer. <laughs> <laughs> Success will be yours. You know, the Bible tells us that God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and uh, love and a sound mind. 
And there are times where it feels like we are going to be failures, that we are going to stay in the dark and we're not going to make it. But with God before us, who can be against us? The victory is already secured through Jesus Christ. So success is not dependent on us. Success is through the person and his name is Jesus. Not bad. Not bad. Last that a, one. That was a harder one. That was a prosperity gospel one. It's like a Reese's <laughs> wrap right here or something. Money speaks a language everyone understands. <laughs> Money speaks a language everyone understands. Anything else about a short story while I think about this one for another 30 seconds? <laughs> Money. We all need it. Mm. You can't can't go a day without food. In order to get food, you need money. In order to get water, somebody's got to buy it for you. Or you got to buy it yourself. Yeah. And that's how the world functions. If you want something in life, you need money. But God also tells us uh, that money matters. That we do need money. The Bible also tells us that the love of money is the root of all evil. Sure. Mm. And we need to give this money that God has given us back to him. Mm -hmm. And he tells us how to use it. Sometimes that's in tithing, just giving back to him so he can use it. But also, uh, he tells us how we should use it, that there is a wise way to use the money that he's given us. Uh, go to Luke. Mm. He'll give you a nice parable on the usage of money. And so, yes, money speaks a language everyone understands, but it's how you use it that matters. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Full circle there. <laughs> Let us know who you all think won. I mean, but I'm I'm impressed. Um, maybe I felt I'm like we needed to pray right yeah, after right those. <laughs> it was too earnest. I feel like it almost uh, more awkward because it worked out so well. Yeah. Here's here's what you could have also had. Answer just what your heart prompts you. Mm -hmm. Wow, that'd been yeah. a good one. All right. Optimists believe we live in the best of worlds, and pessimists fear this is true. <laughs> that would have been a tough one. That would have been. That's the one I hoped you all would have gotten. I'm going to think about that one. All things come to him who goes after them. Amen. He knew who comes after you, though. Oh, he's mm. running to your eyes. Any impatience you show will only create more stress. Yeah. You feel stressed today, Jordan? No. He's pretty relaxed. You're pretty relaxed. You're a calming presence. You're very calming I think, presence. I think we're all, we've all gone into like an NPR mode. Just because Jordan's around. Just we need to go back to thoughts for your thoughts. <laughs> yes, please. All right. You guys tell us who you all think won. Uh, that was fun. Thank you, Jordan, for playing. But now we want to spend time talking about some board games. There's some Let's famous games. Weird now, ones. I, I've seen everyone's selection here. I will tell you it's all over the map. Uh, Phil went through some like interesting ones like that were old. Uh, Jordan went to some just kind of weird ones that you maybe you've played some of these. I went to the ones where I'm like, I can't believe these were ever published. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and some of these that I have have actually been banned. I think we could do like well, four episodes on the subject because there were so many. Oh, yeah, yes. was, uh, some these, of them were shocking. Yeah, it was so easy to find. All right. Uh, let's start off with uh, a game that might, I'll be honest, it might trigger some of you all, uh, but we're going to go and just do it anyways. This game is called Quarantine. Ooh. This was a board game where more or less you have to know how to run a hospital 
mm-hmm. with a pandemic outbreak. Yep. Well, yeah. He, like, why couldn't the game just been called like hospital? Like how <laughs> right. to run a hospital? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, so Christ you have to like go through and like, so I guess it, it came out uh, 1980s, I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. So basically there are highly contagious patients that you have to separate from the other patients and quarantine them and help get them healed before they spread the virus spreads throughout the entire hospital. Uh, this was actually recently for sale of an unused copy of this. It's no longer in print. Can't imagine why. Uh, for $70 on Amazon. Wow. So there's that. Yeah. That's crazy. Quarantine. Have you guys ever played Plague Inc.? No. Yes. Yeah. So that's the opposite. Something similar? No, you cause you are the plague. You yeah. are the plague, and you're trying to mutate. In <laughs> Has order... anyone ever told you that before? Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're trying to mutate in such a way that you got to be sneaky. You... Wow. I knew so much about COVID because of plague. Right. <laughs> yes. Like, okay, if we, uh, you know, if it gets airborne, we're going to be in. Tra- <laughs> oh no, it's resilient. It's in birds now. <laughs> yeah. If All you're these... in Greenland, you'll probably be okay. Oh yeah, yeah. You're not. Yeah, you're going to be fine in Greenland. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's your first one? My first one is Ice Cube, the board game. This is not the rapper. Uh, this one is you literally take an ice cube, and uh, each of you start off with an ice cube, and you pretty much torture the ice cube. Uh, you start off putting some kind of hot metal on its head. Then you pour a bucket of water, and you put it in a bath, a warm shower. Uh, that's all those little uh, you know pictures there at the top. And uh, whoever survives the longest uh that's who wins and uh, down there at the bottom little timmy says i made my own ice cube i call him melton milton wow (laughs) and it features self-contained waterproof game trays although the ice cube is not included so really yeah refund i know right Uh, (laughs) that teaches you how to waterboard people and things like that okay so this may be a natural avenue into why some of the other games I bring today exist. Because sure. these kids yeah. played that game and then turned into psychopaths as right. adults. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, Jordan, your first one is a little game called Greed. Now, the image on screen is not what I played. This is the modern version. In the original, it had a felt uh, square that came on it, and it like told you all the point values, and it came with those same dice. But the point of Greed <clears throat> is to be the one who gets the most points. Mm. But the challenging part of greed. As most games. As most games. Yeah. <laughs> the challenging part of greed is that you cannot start until you end your first turn with 500 points. Okay, yeah. So if you cannot score when you roll, you just don't get to play the game. Right. So everyone else, Scott could have 2,000 points. I could have 500. And you still be in the beginning. Right. Not able to roll just anymore stuck. because yep. you cannot yep. get past that 500. We play a game called Farkle. Oh, you ever yeah. heard that? Yeah, yeah it's similar that. to that. Okay, uh, where you, it's a, a dice game. Uh, I'm sure it's probably pretty similar to that game. I've never heard of Greed though. But it's really old. Like I haven't been able to find mm-hmm. the felt uh, mm-hmm. pattern anymore. Like there's, I still have one, and there's like an old like website you can visit. The website doesn't exist. You know, they say that money is the language that everyone understands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell me more about that. Scott. Have you guys ever? This is a side note. This is one of. Have you ever played the game Past the Pigs? feel like I have. It's two pigs that are like dice and you roll them and how they land uh, is a point value. I think you would really like it. It's a fun game because they're like, okay, if this one's standing up and this one's laying down, that's so much money. But the most is uh, if both pigs are stacked on top of each other somehow, (laughs) if you roll it and they just (laughs) land like 
it's it's pretty fun. I played it when I was a kid. Well, thank you for bringing up pigs. That's a natural connection to the next one, which is Mr. Bacon's Big Adventure. Um, Do you use real bacon? No, uh, I'm just going to read it to you all. Okay. Okay. Please, I just please. I just have to read this because uh, it's basically a variation of Candyland. Okay. Uh, but join Mr. Bacon on the mouth-watering mosey through Meatland. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> On your journey, you'll have to navigate the way through the mustard marsh, cross the eerie expanse of Wiener Wasteland, and sail on the Sausage Sea. If you make it past the deceptive detour of Vegan Alley and avoid getting grounded in the greased Bristol Grotto, you might just make it to the great frying pan at the end of the trail. Oh, Amen. So the goal That's deceptive. Is, to, <laughs> is to die. Like, Mr. Bacon wants to get fried, right? That's the... That's, yeah. That's his purpose. That's what so, he's made for. Can you imagine a weirder version of that's Candyland? Weird. Yeah, that's weird. Mr. Bacon's Big uh, Adventure. Hardy's just brought back candied bacon. Have you seen that? Really? It comes in like a fry container and it's got like uh, cinnamon <laughs> and, and all that kind of stuff. And you seed it. There you go. And I'm, we need, get, we need to buy this game. Play it. And you, yeah. And I really don't eat Hardy's, so maybe we'll just get our own bacon. Birthday's coming up, guys. Yeah. For you? Mm-hmm. Have Aww. you guys ever had So is Jesus's. You want to celebrate yeah, that or yours? Well, there's a week difference, so oh, yeah, we okay. can You're, we can do both. Yeah. We can share dates. Have you guys ever had chocolate covered bacon? Yeah, it's pretty oh, good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had a friend bacon. back in Parkersburg who his kids just love one. He had three kids. One of them just loved bacon so much. Mm. So one year he got every Christmas gift was bacon themed, <laughs> and one of them was bacon scent, bacon scented dryer sheets. No, they didn't use them. Thankfully. I'm like, that's just gross. Yeah, that's, 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 that's also the reason why that show, uh, Weird Habits, remember that thing? Where people, there was a guy on there who ate dryer yeah, sheets. Right, yeah. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, that's it. It had to be why. All well, right, what we got? Uh, you next? are up, yeah. Okay, so show me what it is. Okay, <laughs> this one is The Sinking of the Titanic, the board game. Uh, and here's what's, okay, so maybe you would think that the goal is to not let the ship sink. But or or easy. to save people, but the goal is to beat out other survivors in getting supplies and getting to the life raft before they do. Uh, and I'm not sure if women and children are taken yeah, into effect there. Uh, I don't think they do. And then your goal is to survive on these waters. But it's got a. Uh, I didn't get a, a picture of it. You can look it up if you want to. Uh, really innovative board game. The, you know, the board itself is a ship. And every turn, it clicks down one more, and <laughs> you're trying to find your way out of this, uh, you know, thing. So there you go. Take I, a, I a tragedy know and uh, when this released. I mean, like, how long did they three wait? Three months ago, right? Yeah, <laughs> recent it was like events. thirty years. Like they were like, this is an appropriate time. <laughs> right. We can release this game now. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the thing is, and I won't mention any because, uh, or here's one maybe that we we could say, but like it's like making like Abraham Lincoln in the theater the board game you know like yeah. it has an explosive ending and you're the assassin oh that'd be awful <laughs> yeah just terrible it's right? a mind-blowing event right. yeah, yeah no. that's an appropriate the show like a hole in there <laughs> yeah. all right jordan let's go on uh your next one here you go yeah. coming off that here to slay Ooh. yeah so this is i was just introduced to this um notice the bear the unicorn and which one are you little cat i'm usually a squirrel okay oh. okay so i uh I haven't played any of the other characters, yes. but this game, um, this is like D&D. This is how you get your friends to play D&D is you introduce them to this. So you get a little party leader card mm. um, and that is a, a class. So like okay. a bard or mm. warrior, whatever it is. 
And that is like one party member. The goal of the game is to either get five more and you'll pick those as you pick up your cards or you slay three monsters. And then you can either screw each other over. Um, mm. Like, so if you were drawing a card, I could lay one down and like stop you from playing and then okay. we would roll. But it is, I've been telling my friend, I was like, this is how we're going to get more people to play Dungeons <laughs> and Dragons. We're going to like, it's going to be a psyop. We're going to like be like, hey, play this game. Forget <laughs> evangelism into the church. Right, right. We are trying to get more people to play Dungeons, Dungeons and, and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Wow. So my next one is the game called PU, the <laughs> guessing game of smells. It involves players using their senses to move around the board. And you can guess which sense you're trying to do. You're trying to smell different things. In the village of Oderville, uh, you evade traps set by the lively, naughty skunk, stinky smells, trademark pending, who makes the players smells different, smells as they move around the board. So Oderville's made up of different venues where you have to identify different. So I guess the cards they that you smell. draw stink. Uh, you will have Ooh, different crazy. places. You got to go to the candle shop. You got to go to the restaurant. You got to go to the garbage dump, the laundry, garages. Some of the smells you'll identify will be good. Some will be mad, bad, and some will be a mystery. The games comes with smells like skunk, manure, peppermint, barbecue sauce, popcorn, and more. Mm. Would you play? Man. <laughs> once. Wait, once. once. Yeah. Walking around the church, I think I already played this game. Like, <laughs> we smelled something last night in the closet. We're like, I think it was a mouse. Yeah. We'll yeah. have to look around. I later. hope it was. Yeah. This one for sure got on shelves, and the moms would walk by and be like, we can't go into this aisle anymore. Like, no, yeah, we're right, going to go yeah. look at books. Right. And they're right. like, no, mom, please. We want and then this. it went off shelves because no one was buying games. That's anymore. like the, uh, you know, the, what's the Harry Potter, like, that's Jelly exactly beans. what I thought. Yeah, yes. something yeah, bamboozled. Like, Is that bean boozled? Yep, yep. Was yeah, you got vomit. Yeah, oh, yeah. Remember when like Dog Jelly food. Belly made a few of them there for a while, right. like yeah. in, because of that. I I I uh I didn't mind when it was like okay this is buttered popcorn I didn't like it it wasn't good but it was no, fine it was okay. but then when you start doing like Vomit. snot and things like that it's like all right I can't handle dog this. food I couldn't do that was the one dog I, food yeah that one. so one time it's a tragic moment but uh, I used to love Reese cup cereal mm. I'm a Reese cup cereal mm. loved it not puffs cups Reese puffs that's oh, what puffs. I mean. yeah they puffs. still have it. peanut yeah. butter uh, chocolate flavor. used to love it. I ate cereal every morning for breakfast. And then one morning, when I was a little kid, my dad, I'm not a morning person still, but my dad would get the cereal ready for me and then walk me down the hallway and set me down. I'd be like half asleep. When time I got to the table, I saw my brother taking our dog biscuits, dog food, and putting it in the Reese Puff cereal because it looked identical. Uh-huh. I didn't eat it. You don't know where you but I have never had Reese Puffs since, and that's when I was like ten. Wow! I refuse. So you don't know? Did you, I mean you're sure that he didn't do that before? I, I'm yeah. He was visiting, I think, or maybe it was maybe it was older. I can't remember. He was yeah. It was a one time event. That's so awesome. I like to believe. <laughs> we got to get him back. Let's see. You're up, right, Jordan? Are you next? Who just did? No, one? I think it's I me. Just think it's Phil. Just you? Okay. Uh, what's next on here? Okay, this is a. Uh, it's just a public service announcement. Don't try to teach your kids things through board games. So this is the game called Let's Be Safe, and it's a card matching game where kids draw a card with a potential danger on it and then have to match it with the best response. Oh and gosh. so throw that up there again because uh, uh, I wanted to read, with all the concern about children's safety, here's something that you can do. Jen was a great mother, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, 
yeah, there's a lot of other things that you can do. Like, <laughs> that's not, we made a board game so that you don't have to actually talk to your children. Uh, you can let the game do it for you. Wow. Uh, so there's a, a fun little. So it's like, remember like the, it's 1030 at night. Do you know where your kids are at yeah. thing on the news? Oh, no, I don't know where my kids are at. <laughs> but wherever Thank they you. are, hopefully they play the board game. Right. Yeah. Wow. You all got that commercial? Yeah. Up here? That's the, that's the Charleston, right? That guy was my librarian in high school. No way. Yes. Oh, and he man. would wear different colored shirts that said that. that might have been a w, a different one. What is it? W, I can't remember what's the Charleston News down there, but it's that's that guy. W S A Z Channel 3. I grew up in Pennsylvania and there was a something similar. Some variation of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't it's know. It's a popular it was... thing, but his was always grammatically just terrible. Do you know where your kids are at? Yeah. Like you don't end a sentence like that. At any point. <laughs> at any point, <laughs> yes. I remember because I went to Marshall, I would see him on local because they would get the Charleston channel. I just crack up laughing who's your library teacher yeah that's awesome it was really cool but also really weird hmm. did Speaking he have of, kids no <laughs> he just didn't know where they were <laughs> he's not sure it's, it's all connected that's it was a, a cautionary Life tale right i know how serious <laughs> that was like the fifth take the first ones he was just crying was like, please all right what do you got all right the next one i think we have for mine is sagrada so this is for sure the game that you only play with people who like board games because this is all about making stained glass. You cannot tell anyone about this game that's never played like Beyond Monopoly and Uno. Hey, let's make stained glass in this game. And they'll want to, one, play with you or to ever come over to your house to you or again. be your friend yeah. again. This is how you end your friendship. life experience. Have you played I, this? I've played it three times and played it with people who love board games. Yes. <laughs> and still friends with these people. Wow. Um, so it's all about, you have like 50 to 100 little tiny dice in this bag, and you will pull out three, four, five, um, and they're all different colors, and so you get different slots, and it will be like, you have to put a blue one here, a red one here, um, and this has to be a five, and then you'll get bonuses for if you do certain tasks. I'm but bored already. saying this out loud <laughs> makes me realize how incredibly boring it is, and yet I love it so yeah. much. Yeah, sometimes you just got to play them, I mean, I'm sure that helps. Yeah, for sure, but you can't tell people. You have to be like, hey, we're just going to play some board games. Don't worry about what it is. Yeah, don't it was matter. very don't colorful. That was my the first thing that I thought when I saw it. I was oh, like, oh, that's a, that's a beautiful game. Yeah, give you that high church feeling. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, now I'm going to depress you all. Um, I'm apologize ahead of time. These last couple ones I have are just messed up, and I can't believe these were ever made. So this is uh, not a commercial. This is not. I am not promoting these games. <laughs> Scott McClure is not promoting these games. Make sure you hear that. Do not cancel us. This was actually a real game. The first game, made in 2003 at a very pivotal point in U.S. history, the game War on Terror. Oh, no. This is a real, real game. That's terrible. Where, so two British guys made this in 2003 in the wake of the U.S. invasion of Iraq. Mm. Uh, The goal is like risk where you are multiple empires trying to snuff out and kill all terrorists. But watch out. In the middle of the game, you spin a dial, and you might become one. If you become one, you have to wear that mask that says evil, evil. on mm. the rest of the game. That's Isn't that worst. awful? That's the worst. That's, That's terrible. But here's really the crazy bad. thing. This is, why, this is why I wanted to bring it up. Because in, uh, in the show IT Crowd, mm. in season two... You can see that exact game on the set of Roy and Moss's office. 
That's funny. And then later in season two, they're actually briefly playing the game. Oh, really? Wow, yeah. I didn't notice that. Uh, so Phil watches that uh, show, and that's why I wanted to bring that up. Yeah. But also, this was another interesting. This game was actually confiscated in a raid. Hmm. So there was a climate change camp, you know, mm. one of those camps. Of I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, the one camp I would not suspect. <laughs> but there was a climate change camp who was protesting a power station. And when officers showed up, they found an array of supposed weapons, including knives, chisels, bolt cutters, a throwing star, and a copy of the game, War on Terror. <laughs> so that's what they confiscated. <clears throat> that's a real game. Wow. And it's yeah. been obviously it's been pulled off every shelf. It's uh, so sometimes when the government will do things like that, they will put it on a website, us and you can just buy. Sometimes it's trucks, sometimes it's cassette tapes. Yeah, yeah, right, I wonder right, if right. that made it. On yeah, right, website. all the way through. Probably, and somebody yeah. like bid. <laughs> I think I saw one website where like two hundred eighty bucks you could buy it. Man, two hundred eighty. So yeah. Well, there you go. Again. I am not endorsing that game or the other ones I have for you in a second, but there you go. I am endorsing this next game. <laughs> it is called Smoker's Wild. <laughs> the premise of this game is a real mind bender. Kids start by choosing a profession that profits off people's smoking habits, like a tobacco planter or an undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> and they all have puntastic names like Rex Lungs or, <laughs> or Doug Graves. So already we're off to, you know, a weird start. Then as they advance around the board, kid mu kids must avoid landing on spaces that cause them to get addicted to smoking and you win the game by outliving everyone else. Of course. We're all playing this game already. It's like life. <laughs> we're, yeah. We're just trying not to get addicted to cigarettes. That's the expansion pack for life. Yeah. Like <laughs> yep. They actually have a sequel to it that's called like... Uh, Drinkers wild. I knew it had to be yeah. something about alcohol. Yeah, so. yeah, get your kids to play that one. That one. We should write our own version of it sometime. Let's make our own version of it. Yeah, cool. like bad theology. Bad theology it's wild. wild. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jordan's next one. So this is not a specific board game. This is a type of board game. So the one up on the screen is Pandemic Legacy Season mm -hmm. 1. A legacy board game is one that you come back after you play the first time and you will pick up where you sort of left off. Oh, okay. Um, so it's not like you, we were playing a game Monopoly, stopped, right? Came back, started again. I have never came back to a game of Monopoly. Once, never again. It. I would never <laughs> I do it Monopoly. again. But it will pick up, like, and so in Pandemic or uh, Betrayal mm. Legacy, like, in another time. Okay. And so for Betrayal is the one I'm more familiar with. Um, it'll have random cards that you don't know anything about, and when you play the second time with the same group of people, because you have to have everybody there, it will change how you play. And so it's like specific scenarios. So it's more like telling a story than just playing like a right. quick board game. But it has this idea of like you can only play it so many times. So mm -hmm. for Betrayal, you've got like 10 sessions. Okay. But once it's done, you can kind of play the board game again, like just mm -hmm. that set of stuff again. But normally like the game will not function like it was intended wow. to anymore. So it is a limited time game. Like you can only can play it so many times. Maybe you don't talk to those people anymore. Like, yeah, once your you're friendship's done, over, too. you have to shake hands and be like, <laughs> like "All right, I guess I'll never see bye. you again." <laughs> once the game is over, our friendship ends. Yes, right. there's <laughs> ten sessions. That's all we have. Are you sure you want to play this? That's funny. All right, continue my depressing journey of board games. The next one is Capital Punishment, the board game. Uh, there apparently there is a new game <laughs> called Capital Punishment. This is not 
connected. This was made in 1981. Uh, a quote from a, somebody who reviewed it said, this game was made to make a certain point. Hmm. And it turns out to be somewhat enjoyable is purely coincidental. That's what the guy <laughs> said. <laughs> the review. Um, yeah, this is kind of weird. Uh, so this game, more or less, I'm just going to say, according to what I read online, was an alt-right movement of capital punishment. So your goal is to keep people in the prison on a path towards one of three options. Life imprisonment, death row, or the electric chair. But you also have the chance of using, this is what the board rules say, two liberal cards. And the liberals will come in and try to release these prisoners back into society as new people. This is real. 1981, but it gets better. In 1995, they made a celebrity edition of the game, which replaced the generic liberals and criminals with contemporary figures like Hillary Clinton, O.J. Simpson, Peter Jennings, the Menendez brothers, Ted Kennedy, Timothy McVeigh, Susan Smith, and more. Okay. And that, again... Not endorsing this game. Not at all. Yep. But that was yep. a real board game. I'm scared to say. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> What's the whole thing in the Bible about loving your enemies and like be good? I mean, they, they, you know, there's, there's, yeah. they're judged, you know, God is a God of, of justice as well. You can well, still love people. But you can not want to take pleasure and entertainment in killing people. Yeah. <laughs> but like you, yeah, you go back to history, people like would go, watch public executions oh, yeah. like, gladiators i mean really that was messed up nfl football uh <laughs> i'm just kidding oh there was another one you just mentioned gladiator of course gladiators you remember a lot of times slaves were the ones that built the coliseum and then right. they were the ones that fought to it the, there was literally a game called cairo where your goal was to be a slave who built the pyramid and then knock down other people's pyramids oh, by flicking weird. little bricks at each other that sounds fun that was a game also <laughs> <laughs> people uh, well get help yeah, that's that's the yeah. point of today's. Just go get help. The world is messed up. <laughs> the world's messed up. Uh, Phil's you, last one. Here's the thing well, that you know. Uh, do you play any video games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we all play video games, and the mm. video games get a bad rap, you know. Like, and and I'm not here to defend it. It is what it is. But board games can be equally <laughs> as problematic here. Yeah, that's uh, what goes to show you. So. Yeah, yeah. This, this game puts forward the fact that people do not change. No. Right. no, 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 no. Do not release them. Do not Bad release them. All right. Yep. Yeah. All right. Phil's last one here. This one's not as weird as some of the other ones. This is when I told Tori that we were uh, talking about board games. She said, you got to talk about Mall Madness. Did she play this? She played it when Mall she was a Does kid. Does she still have it? Well, she doesn't have that version. She has a newer version. And, uh, but it's actually, uh, uh, you know, fairly fun. But it is just a weird concept. They did update the new version where there's actually some men in the game, too. It's not just women that are shopping. Equal representation. Men go to the mall. Yeah, and it happens all the time. I like walking around the mall, especially yeah. on a I rainy like day. I like sitting in the food court and just watching people. Sure, yeah. Like, just like observations. Absolutely. And to be not fair, judging, though, maybe. Uh, and I don't know if your malls are like this. Our mall is actually pretty nice. It's not yeah. real big, but it's not depressing like some malls that I've been in. Uh, but it's this whole thing where... Yeah, I was about to say, which, which three mall? Three stories of depressing. The Huntington Mall... Yeah, really yeah, good. Sure. Things are happening. The Charleston right. Mall is sad. I don't uh, want to Charleston, go to the Charleston Mall. I think I've been in that one where they just like close sections off, right? I'm pretty sure that's like, where the zombie apocalypse is going to break yeah, out. Sure, right, for sure. Right, right. Yeah, there'll be like people that camp there. But we'll know how to run a hospital when Absolutely. that happens because of that board game. 
So anyway, it's fun. The newer version has a store called Gas Queen. And uh, the, the neat thing about it, though, that's different about other games is you press a button and it kind of like tells you where you have to go next. And it just kind of rotates. And uh, I'm sure your your girls would love it at some point. Maybe. Yeah. That's what we should bring the next seminary. It's yeah, mall madness. We're going to do it. <laughs> All right, Jordan, your last one. It's a game you've actually introduced to us. Yes. Tell us more about This game is called The Mind. It's, I'm convinced it might be. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's I'm how I introduced kidding. it. Yeah, Did I introduce yeah. it that way to you? It no, it's really not, but it, the, it's a crazy game. The purpose of the game is to be quiet and then to lay down the cards that you have in your hand in numerical order without communicating. <laughs> Which seems impossible. It feels impossible to, yeah. while you're playing. And then it happens. I, I have told people this, and I'm about to ruin it for you, so I'm sorry. If you never tell each other, if you never acknowledge that we are all communicating this way, you do right. pretty well. Yeah, right, but as right. soon as someone says, oh, when you tap, and you're like, stop no, speaking. Don't say that, don't say yeah, that out loud. Right, now right, we can't right, do it right, anymore. Right, right. I, I've never beaten the game. There's 12 levels, and right. you get increasingly more cards. And you can have 12. So like level 12, you get 12 cards. Level 1, you have one so card. Meaning you have to lay 12 cards down from 1 to 100, which isn't that big of a span when you're thinking about each of you right. laying down 12 cards, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's 12 times 4. 48. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you can only play with four people. Don't know why that was like the self-imposed rule. Right. Uh, You're too stressed if you have five. <laughs> it's just too many people to try to understand like the body language mm-hmm. and like what they're thinking. It's all, again, it's all observation. Yeah. Level, I think level eight is as far as I've yeah. gotten. I think we've gotten to like five. Five. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is good because I think we did that in three games. Right. Which is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Go play it. Yeah, it's, it, it was is, fun. Yes, fun. It was a little. It was a little stressful at first, but then again, you start watching people's body language, and it is a little bit fun. But, and so here's where you get in <clears> trouble <throat> with this game: if you are uncertain of yourself, yes, that's the one that's everybody be like, "I'm gonna put my card down," and this uh, one person, it's like the last card is 24, and they have 27 and didn't put their card down. It's like, dude, yeah. what are you doing over there? <laughs> the likelihood is that it's your yeah. card. But then there's the people that are too confident and they're like, 98! <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, it's pretty fun. This was like the card game of the year of like 2021. Oh, really? This, oh, really? Yeah, this was yeah. got incredibly wow. popular. Is that when it came out? Yeah, the yeah, first wow. year it came okay, out. Cool. Yeah. All right, we got one more and this is to redeem the depressing tangent I took us on with some yeah, of those other messed up games. Coming in strong in 1993, Credo, the game for Christians. Hey, man, come on. So what this game was, was to represent the early Christians who argued over theological concepts of the church. And so you are presented with heresy uh, and and different mechanisms and different things. And you're trying to make sure that you're following the creeds and make sure that you establish a creed. So you win by establishing 11, no, is it 10 basic beliefs once they're established. Now, let's not be confused with the Muslim version of this game, which also came out a few years later. So there's a Christian version and a Muslim version. Just want to throw that out there. So make sure if you're going to buy this game, by the right one, I otherwise you might those get those two groups of people play together. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we actually learn about That's the other faith. We become we play we switch games. But you okay. set basically you use cards to set up the articles of faith and firm beliefs, while using other cards to show up their, their followers are proselytizing and by persecuting their fellow players. Oh no! So you never knew. Like we, we uh, Jordan, we celebrated 175 year anniversary the other day at CBC. And Just saying. Phil read the <laughs> Phil read the uh, not to brag initial covenant that yeah. they wrote was mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, it was really cool. Think about that covenant when you're playing this yeah, game. Right, like, right, 
this was theologically sound, what this game probably is awful. The first player to either gain 11 million followers or gain 117 votes on the council wins the game. Now, this is how, a cult. Huh? He's a cult. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Your name is David Koresh. You probably played this game at some point. That's great. Uh, oh. What was that first part you said in the description that early Christians argued? Uh, <laughs> arguing over the theological concepts, precepts of the church. Yeah, precepts. Yeah, we don't. Amen. We don't have. We don't. Those, those things don't happen anymore. We we, we <laughs> no, agree on all Christians okay. agree on everything oh, yeah, now. We're all together. Yeah. Uh, so this sparks a subject that that is pretty uh, a wealth of weird faith content, which is Christian culture, things we say games that we produce i remember my mom bought me a sega genesis game that was all about like the armor of god and the fruits of the spirit and it was like zelda and you would go around and uh, then you got movies weird bible movies, man bible man um, it's on right now media by the way i found it the yes. other day there's a tv version oh of yeah, that. Animated yeah. Show. Uh, yeah there's a hymnal one too where it's a big hymnal book that runs around uh that's something i love to do is to just make fun of the weird things that Christian, because somebody's got to do it. Church signs is a whole nother. Oh yeah. Church signs, weird sermons. You can't unhear is a, like a, yeah. So I will confess there's a whole thing. If you should follow them, it's really funny. There's a whole like, like a, a canon now of weird sermons. You can't unhear Mm -hmm. when, when we like churches went online and during the pandemic, Mm, your deep fear was that you would actually mess up and be featured on that as saying, because there are some people I, I love to listen to that right. messed up something and got put on there. I'm like, oh, poor guy. Yeah. Also, That's yeah. the goal is not to become a meme. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, well, yeah, well, uh, the point being, uh, I think we're going to go there next year at some point, uh, maybe the beginning of next year, once we come back from Christmas break and uh, hit some Christian culture that's going to be pretty weird. Uh, so today we're going to talk real quick about a game that we all play. You're going to love this segment. Monopoly. Here we go. It is called the Blame Game. Ooh, the Blame Game, right? We've talked about some pretty weird games, Scott especially. And uh, <laughs> There's but, a lot of people to blame for those games. Yes, right, right, right. Uh, but have you guys ever met somebody that uh, nothing was ever their fault? And yeah. it didn't yep. matter what you came at them with or how obvious it was that they had made a mistake. And, and it's... In our flesh, sometimes it can really get to us that, like, okay, you are going to finally admit that you were wrong about something. I'll admit it all day long, but you would never do, and I'm going to get you. And then sometimes what they've learned to do is to change the argument, right? It's like, oh, I'm stuck, so I'm going to not talk about this. I'm going to talk about how I'm stuck now, or I, you know, and and we're going to move the goalposts or change the whole uh, conversation and make it about something else and in some other way where we are the victim. And this might seem like a good strategy to win arguments, but ultimately, if you've known people like that, or if you tend to be that way, I'm sure we all do at times. Never. uh, Ultimately, it's a bad practice for us because when we blame others for our problems, we will never fix them. And Learning to listen to people, not everybody's right about who we are and about what we've done, uh, but listening and taking and considering is part of wisdom. And if something is said to me and I, where I'm 
you know, I did something to hurt somebody or to, uh, to, you know, offend someone listening to those things and considering other people's feelings. Cause you'll have that in arguments sometimes too, where it's like, well, that's not what I said, or that's not what I meant. Well, those words still came out of your mouth and you are the communicator. And so if there was a flaw in clarity, you have to take some ownership over that. And uh, so the point being here is that if we don't listen and we always deflect and we always point the finger at somebody else, you'll never become a better person. You will get stuck. And, and actually, a lot of what times what happens is you get stuck in that men, uh, victim mentality. And when you're a victim, what you're saying is, I have no control. And that's not a good place to be. That's not good for you. It's I'm someone that's constantly, uh, you know, just being uh, controlled by the people that I perceive have wronged me. The blame game isn't new. Uh, it started all the way back in Genesis, right? Where uh, they were tempted in the garden to disobey God and Satan blamed God and Eve blamed Satan and Adam blamed Eve. And it's this whole you know, conglomerate. Always remind, that scene always reminds me of the infamous Spider-Man yes, meme. Yes, exactly. Right, they're all yeah. pointing at each other. Right, right. Yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's literally yeah. what the image yeah, I get. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and some of those, you know, concerns were real uh, in that, but they weren't taking personal responsibility. Um, and it, it ends up in, you know, sin and, and all this flooding the earth. Uh, and blaming others for your weakness the problem with that is it takes the responsibility off of me that I couldn't do anything different. I couldn't react in any other way. My circumstance, my genetics, my upbringing, these are all the reasons that I am the way I am. And I can't do anything about that. So just accept me this way. Uh, and there are you know, things that happen to us in our lives that make things harder on us, but we can't just live a life where we're pointing fingers at everybody else and not actually taking responsibility for things. And until we're ready and willing to say that, you know, I messed up, this is my sin and it's my fault and, or to admit, and if, you know, you're uh, uh, dating someone right now, uh, Scott, you're married, uh, I'm married. We probably had those relationships before where maybe in the beginning, uh, and this is from personal experience, where tried to win arguments. And uh, that's a bad place to be. You don't want to be in a relationship with somebody where you're in a competition with them constantly to win or to, got, you know, that's a classic sitcom like uh, uh, Carl from uh, Family Matters. Finally, the other day we were watching one and finally caught Harriet and he said, you were wrong and just in her face and he struts up the stairs and just makes this big scene about it. It's like, dude, that is not love. That is not the right way. And I'm sure they made up and he, you know, the whole thing, but uh, that's not a good place. So, so in every argument, in every situation, we've got to own our stuff and, and take responsibility for that and say, my issue, my fault, my, problems, my, uh, you know, reaction, the things that I did, it doesn't excuse somebody else when I say I'm also, uh, to blame, but, but we take some of that, um, weight on ourselves so that we can in the future change that. Uh, and, and ultimately the Bible tells us that we're all responsible, uh, we're all responsible for our own actions in our own 
given situations. Romans 14, 12 says, each of us will give an account to ourselves uh, for God or to God. And uh, so we can't, you know, one day stand before God and, and you know, say, you know, it was Jordan's fault that that happened or, or, or those Josh's things. Fault. Yeah, it's Josh's. He's not here. I can blame him. <laughs> um, and if all we can do is, uh, you know, just blame other people, we're not going to become a better person. We're going to become more infantile uh, because those are the people without control are those that are uh, immature, you know, and, and the, the more that we become the victim and the more that we blame others for our situations, uh, the, the, the more of a problem it's going to be. Uh, have you guys ever met somebody that just talked about a lot about like how they, they're just a, a person with a temper problem. Maybe they have red hair or something like that. They're like, I'm Irish, you know, I just, I've got a temper. And, uh, have you guys ever met anybody with weird excuses like that? Well, I mean, the, I think the, I, the number one excuse I hear most people throw out, I'm human. Yeah, right, yeah, that yeah. doesn't excuse anything you just did or what right, you yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I'm know. not perfect. Or my other one is like, uh, I haven't had my coffee today yet. Oh, God, no, man. you're just a jerk. It doesn't yeah. matter if you've had one cup or three. You're just a jerk. Right. Like, just own it. Yeah. yeah. I see it most. You said infantile, which I see it most in kids because they don't sure, know right? yet. And that's when it makes sense. Teacher. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, and this is, if you ever trip, next time you trip, pay attention to what you say. And this is how, what I always get back to. Is it the rug's fault? <laughs> or is it your, and that's a silly example, sure, but it like, right? it just shows us like, it's never like, oh, I trip. No, it's always the rug. Right. The rug tripped me up. Let me find something mm-hmm. else that I can point to to be like, that's the reason yeah. why something happened right, to me. Right. Never like, man, I am clumsy. Right. I'm clumsy. I trip all the time, but it's uh, always the rug's fault. Oh, yeah. But that's like a, 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 um, like a middle school boy playing sports. It's like, oh, this ball's not inflated enough. Or, oh, the sun was in my eyes, and that's why I yep. didn't get the catch. And they always have all these excuses. Like, dude, it's okay. You're actually it's just bad. Right. Yeah, right. You can it's make okay. mistakes. Right, yeah. You're not LeBron. Right. Yeah. And no. so just owning this stuff gives us control over this stuff to get better, yep. to, to, you know, improve and grow. But if we don't, uh, you know, we don't admit it, then we're, we're going to end up um, just getting more and more uh, childish and, and, and infantile, like we're talking about. Um, I, I've heard people say things like, ever since I was a kid, I had a hot temper. Uh, and what you're actually saying there is like, this is always how I'm going to be. Get used to it, and I'm not going to change. Accept me the way I am. Uh, but the, I mean, the Bible tells us to be different than that. To to not Colossians three eight tells us to put away our anger, wrath, malice, and all these things. Uh, take those things out of our mouth. God doesn't excuse our anger, no matter what you know. Pre, what's the word I'm looking for? Disposition to uh, you know to to become an angry person. And I, I, we all struggle with different things, uh, but that doesn't excuse us from, uh, you know, the reactions. Another excuse people use is their circumstances or their environment. Um, if it wasn't for the people that I work with, uh, I wouldn't have this problem. Uh, smoking would be like that, right? Like I just work with everybody that smokes. Uh, so we just all go out there and hang out. And I get that that might be more of a temptation, but you can't blame other people for the fact that you put a stick in your mouth and light it on fire. Like nobody's forcing you to do that. Uh, if they are, get a new job. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, and maybe that is. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that is a thing where you have to create some space. Yeah. Because even then, like we've talked about this before on the podcast where 
you're also sometimes the, what do they say? You are the product of the five friends you allow in your life. Sure, right? Sometimes you just need to find new people. Absolutely. Right. And that's a, a difficult step, but maybe that's exactly what you need to do. Right. Yeah. And, th- and that's the thing that we don't take is like, oh, I'm putting myself in this situation. It's not my friends that are doing this to me. I am allowing myself to be at the bar when I'm stressed out. And that's why I drink too much. Uh, I have pressure at home. If I didn't have this pressure, then I'm sure I could change. It's not my fault. Uh, all these things are, uh, once again, us not taking responsibility for our actions. Uh, now, it's important for us to say, too, here, that this, what we're talking about here is not people that have real trauma and abuse. And, and those right. things, obviously, uh, now we got to qualify that, too. Like, today, if you're not careful, everything is trauma. You know, like if we're if we got to draw a line there, because if everything is trauma, then nothing is trauma. Um, you know, the lady at McDonald's didn't give me my straw, and I know she knew to give me. No, that's not trauma. You know that. So we can't trivial. I'm sure, by the lady we played Call of Duty with last night. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yelling at the waitress about not getting a refill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what in the world? Goodness Bringing her drama and trauma right, into the right, Call of right, Duty chat yeah. room. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, like so. So, but with there is real pain and real trauma in the world, and uh, but even in those situations, if you constantly allow yourself to live in that victimhood, you are giving up control. Yes, this terrible bad thing happened to me, and it wasn't my fault. I was innocent in this situation, but at the same time, I am going to do my best not to allow my life to be defined by this. And to allow that person that did me wrong to still control me today. Um, because we can go our whole lives blaming someone else for our struggles. Uh, and we take away our own ability to grow and move past this hurt and pain. Now, again, that's easy for me. Uh, I didn't face abuse as a child. And, and these things may seem, uh, you know, I, I'm just flippantly saying them. But uh, I do believe that to be true even though that might be hard and difficult. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've said for years, I think I've said it even on this podcast too, at some point, uh, you will always face the consequences of your own sins or the circumstances of somebody else's. And like you're saying, you cannot be defined by that. There's some, there comes a point when you have to move on uh, and grow. Uh, like the, the example I've always used with that was, was David, who literally faced the consequences of his sins and others face the circumstances of it. And like, yeah. you know, Think about the other people who are impacted by his decisions to do what he did. But all of, all along, you still see people growing in their wisdom, growing in their identity with Jesus or with God, and growing past and not being defined by that. And like you're saying today, so many people are defined by trauma or by a victim mindset. And you get locked in that. It's It can be years of take, getting out of that. And so the things we're kind of talking about are mostly, you know, it's the referee's fault. Uh, WVU fans, it's never the referee's fault. No, nope. just going to throw that out there. <laughs> Y'all just think, hey, yep. Marshall beat WVU in the Sun Belt Championship and secured the number one spot in the NCAA tournament. So go herd. There you go. Uh, but anyways, yeah, we're just better. But uh, no, there, there are you know training yourself in the minor things will help you in the bigger things. Right. You know, you know, it's, you know, growing up, it was a teacher's fault, the umpire's fault, the ref's fault, the the other kids' fault. Learning how to accept your own responsibility and grow from it. You know, because you're in charge of your own growth and your own right. progress. Yeah. And so yeah. I think once you start to handle bigger things, you start seeing how the same thing applies. Right. We can't make everything. Uh, we can't change how people treat us. We can change how we can react to it. 
yeah. uh, Duke and Alabama and all these amazing uh, programs that always seem to win Georgia lately. Mm -hmm. uh, they also have to face the you know, bad calls from the referees. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, so we all have those those things in our lives and, and some are far worse than others. Yeah. But we get we don't get to control that. We get to control what we do after that. And, uh, you know, and there is, you know, we want to make sure that we're clear here. Like, we're not saying get over it. Yeah, uh, we're, saying we're saying there's yeah. a healthy rhythm of grief and uh, acceptance and, and all that. Had, but there is at the other end of that. And for some things that might take longer than other mm -hmm. times. But there is at the other. There has to be a working towards not living in it every day. Yeah, you uh, I think even in your sermon yesterday, uh, you referenced something about. I can't remember what scripture you were talking about, the stuff being in the past or right, moving yeah. forward. But the thing about what Paul says in Philippians 3, I forget what lies behind. I press onwards toward the upward call of Christ Jesus. Right. Uh, like Paul had everything that he could like point at other people and blame. He could yeah. blame God. He could blame Jews. He could blame Christians. He could blame everybody. Yet he said, I want to forget what lies behind. And he wasn't forgetting only the bad. Right. He was also forgetting the good things he had. Mm -hmm. And he said, I want to press on to the upward. And actually the, the better translation is the heaven heavenward call right of like almost like a forward and upward uh diagonal kind of trajectory that we are on and not just being stuck kind of circling around right and that yeah, to be clear uh paul was like beaten and like shipwrecked yeah, and yeah, he, he had the, he could have been an absolute victim bitten of by a snake a poison you know all these crazy things i love that list it's i mean it's a it's like oh it's like huge yeah. like impactful of I just uh, had a bad day. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> then I read that. I'm like, These are okay. all the things that's happened to me. But, <laughs> and uh, so, and he wasn't saying those were trivial things. That was the opposite of what he's saying. Yeah. He's saying those are big things that have happened, but God's not, you know, done with me yet. And I still have a purpose. If I'm, mm -hmm. uh, if I'm not dead, God's not done. And so, so what can I do to move forward? Yeah. And the thing about Paul is like, one, Paul had God, but two, Paul was like, had people surrounding him. Mm -hmm. So those are the sweetest friends, not the ones who are like agreeing with you. And you're like, oh yeah, it's everybody else's fault. You know, nobody else mattered. Like it just, like Job's just poor little guy. Yeah, yes. Job's friends. Go curse God and die. Yeah, yeah right, right. That was his wife Go actually. Job. Yeah. Um, like the sin is your fault, Job. Yeah. Like right. you've done something horrible and you don't realize it. But the, the great friends are the ones who are like, hey, like what about you? What, what's, what have you got going on? And that like challenge you. And when they feel comfortable doing that, it means you've got a solid friend. Right. Mm -hmm. And because when they do that, you can take a moment and I think everyone should do this periodic life and do like a self-evaluation. Mm. Like, uh, and you mentioned marriage and, and my girlfriend, uh, I have two people that two of my friends just got engaged. Something right I'm now. not announcing something, <laughs> uh, simply reflecting on something. <laughs> and the idea is a weird faith first. <laughs> weird faith first. I'm announcing probably not here. Are you asking her here? She won't watch. She won't. Right here. <laughs> she probably will. Um, but she joins the club of people who don't watch. <laughs> That's what happens when oh, we get man. married. They, they stop, stop taking part in our content. Uh, but it's like you don't bring, uh, you don't have marriage problems. There's a problem you should bring into marriage. Yeah, right. It's yeah, like the, the marriage doesn't good. create the issues. The marriage right. reveals the issues that right. were already there Absolutely. in both people. Yeah. And so just thinking about them taking that next step is like, this is probably prefaced with, and then still in a lot of self-reflection. I mean, like of them being like, I know I'm not perfect. And I, and I want to make, my wife a better person and i want her to point her towards god what is it that is in my life that will drag her down that we can notice together right. and then work to do something about yeah. it yep. yeah that's a that's crucial uh marriage any relationship uh that you're in uh 
uh, highly encourage many of you to read The Deeply Formed Life by Rich Belotus. If you have, I don't know if you ever read that or not. Um, he spends two or three chapters at least just talking about interior examination. And the, you know, most of it was, I think it was a gift from like the monastic movement of just spending time reflecting inwardly and, uh, you brought up the Titanic earlier using the iceberg as an illustration. They only saw the tip of the iceberg and that's what we see on the outside of how we react. Mm. A deep, 90% of an iceberg is beneath the water. And so it's stopping when you like, when you react to something or when you want to blame somebody, just stopping for a second, reflecting quickly and spending time examining, why did I do this? Why am I thinking this way? And someone asked me like the other day, even I was talking to them about this, like, well, how do you do this so quickly? I'm like, it takes like years of practice to do that. Yeah. You know, but there comes a point, like we're talking about growing, where all of a sudden you can do that examination pretty quickly to say, why did I just react this way? Yeah. Because you've been putting the effort in over yeah. the last several years to work towards well, that. The beginning stages, yeah. it's awful. That's one of the ones that I struggle with the most is why am I so defensive right mm-hmm. now? Like mm-hmm. that person just said something simple and just expressed their opinion. Why did that get under my skin so much? And when you work with people a lot, uh, you can, if you're not careful, you can begin to be upset at this person because this person hurt you a long time ago. And uh, I've had those conversations with somebody and it's like, oh, you're not arguing with me. You're arguing with this person in the past that you wish that you could have said all these things to them. And now you're bringing those things up to me because you thought about it for five years. Yeah, we've had. (laughs) conversations where i've had to like almost like show him like what's beneath the surface of like right, yeah. past pain of like church hurt stuff and right. he's experienced church hurt i'm sure you have too in some degree but there was times where i was absolutely degraded by a pastor i worked right. with and it's left a long lasting thing so there's certain things like he would do mm-hmm. Bill would do that was innocent right. but my reaction to it at first was i wanted to lash out sure. but then i'm like then i start thinking through why am i reacting this is not x y and z this is right. just, this is phil right he's not meaning anything by it it's just the way he, just the way I he is sometimes I <laughs> sometimes <laughs> no but it took a long time to I mean, you know but it's also having like you're talking about the, the friends in your life that be also to say hey you know well i'm no longer a victim of this this has left marks and scars so there are times where i will react this way so i can say you know well i've struggled with a it's not that well, ever since i was a kid i've had temper right you say now it's like hey i've had i've had temper sure. problems in the past and there's times when that's going to come right. back out well, and, and, and I apologize ahead of time, and it will work through it whenever we do. And a good friend will say, oh, let me not say it that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I've had that with Josh and with you and Tori uh, and, and other people in my life um, where it's like <laughs> one, one that just drives me crazy is uh, like, let's chat. Oh, like, that's the worst. <laughs> don't ever say that. Never. To I'm going I'm to text you back and say, okay, now. Like, yes, me too. <laughs> Don't yeah. say I need to talk to you in three weeks uh, because, you know, again, we deal with people a lot and uh, nobody ever means anything. good. About I, I asked somebody one time, I was like, hey, you want to go grab lunch? And uh, we went to their dog house, actually, in Parkersburg and had lunch with him. And he's like, so uh, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, I have no agenda. Yeah, he's right, like, yeah, yeah, you do. I, said, I really want to eat a cheeseburger. And I thought. You were off today, so I thought you just want to join me. Maybe we could play disc golf afterwards. She's like, oh, okay. I started doing that with church because we, you know, you try and take people out and we all try and take people out to to lunch or things like that and just to hang out because you don't have enough time on a Sunday morning to get to know people. And so I've started texting like 
I don't have an agenda. Oh, I, say I it just all want now. to hang out with you uh, because I've gotten to the end of meal. That's when I felt even worse where it's like, oh, we've sat here for an hour. And then they're like, okay, like, what do, we do you have to something about? to talk to us? Oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I should have told you that before. And I get it. Like I, in their position, I might've felt that way too. We will tell you up front if we have an agenda. Oh, yeah. I'll be like, I won't take you out to lunch no. if I've got no. an agenda. Hey, I'm probably going to call you right away and <laughs> yeah. say, let's, we need to talk right now. Yeah. I am known uh, poorly. Like I, I don't, I'm not glad I have this reputation for being like, can I talk to you? And genuinely right. just want to have a conversation with someone. But the first, when I started doing that, it was probably six months to a year later, these two people came back to me and like, we're going to be honest. We thought you like had, we had done something sure. and you were like upset with us. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. no, I just didn't know you. And I wanted to get to know you. Right. right and they're right. like, you gotta stop. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll try. Like, I'll, so I just feel <laughs> like, I'll preface now. Yeah. With, I don't have an agenda. I just yeah. want to talk to you. I, I, that triggers me too. I can't stand when people ask me, can I ask you a question? Just ask it. That's, that's yeah. more of a pet peeve. It's, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's like, a, well understood, pet peeve. No, you can't ask me a question. You've lost the right. I don't want to talk. That to was you the anymore. one question you could ask. <laughs> out of questions, you just did. I goodbye. Yeah. No, that's awful. Anyway, uh, so we've been talking about. We've got us all fired up in here. Uh, but uh, the bottom line is what we're talking about is that we got to own our stuff and don't press the blame. And that, that's not to say that everybody else is innocent when we take the blame for our stuff. We can only control our reaction right. to things. And ultimately, what we can rest in is that Jesus took all the blame for us, and he took on all of our sin, and he took on all of our debt and punishment, and he covered it once and for all. So we can live in that freedom. That's the gospel, the good news, that he became sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. And Jesus had every right to you know, the sins pointed at him, the blames pointed at him and him to say, oh no, wait a minute here. I've never done anything it's wrong. All yep. It's all of you, but that he knew what he was doing and he took on our blame and our sin and bore our shame and guilt so that we can be in relationship with the Holy God. And uh, so we can rest in that. Uh, so if you, you know, this pressed on some of the issues that you've uh, faced, uh, you can always rest in that fact that uh, Jesus is the one that took our blame ultimately, and uh, we can rest in him. And uh, I think there's a, at least I have found, and maybe you all can agree as we wrap this up, but uh, I think there's a sense of empowerment is when, so like, you know, like a spousal argument, when you <laughs> think you're right, they think they're right, even if you're both wrong, there comes a point when if you own it, you're almost empowering the other person to do the same. And 100%. so it's a mutual idea of accepting responsibility. Right. Now, sure. don't be disappointed. Don't be disappointed if they don't. Right. You know, again, come back to yourself. Just own what you can own. And uh, I think it can be an empowering thing. And also with your kids, uh, you're being educational with your kids. Model you're that. modeling yeah. it for them. Right. You know, uh, don't blame your kids for the stuff. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, that's right, the worst. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. model that example for your kids as well. Right. So. No, yeah, that's one of the worst things. Uh, things that we can do as parents is guilt and shame and blame our children. Uh, well, I'm sorry that I yelled at you. You annoyed me or you frustrated you don't me. Don't add the, you, just, just finish it. I'm sorry. No, yeah, sorry. absolutely. And show them how to own up to their stuff. Hey, I shouldn't have talked to you that way. Yeah. I'm sorry. Now, the important thing when you do that as a parent is in the future, then you've got to in order to be able to discipline them and train them in, a, in the right way is you got to stop doing that because, and that's what I have learned is when I react poorly, 
I got to take all the blame then. And then I really lose an opportunity to train them because mm. I'm coming back and saying, I'm sorry. And if I would just have left it at the disobedience, then I could just be clear and concise and say, hey, you can't do this yep. without me having mm. to own, I'm sorry that I blew up and yelled at you for an hour. Yeah. Uh, and that, it, it, it's such a more free way to live to say, I'm sorry, and just do it quickly. And not in a passive aggressive way where I'm sorry you made me mad or, or something dumb like that. <laughs> I'm sorry you heard it that way. Yeah, exactly. I'm, right. that would, no, I've said I, that one I'm sorry that. that I communicated poorly. I yeah. didn't mean to hurt your feelings is the correct way to do that. In, uh, and, and, and just not try and you know, blame, blame shift. And even if when you don't feel like you did anything wrong, there are things that you can own about yeah. it like prioritize being loving not right right exactly. there are times and yes you want to be in the right and i understand that but there's also times all the time you just simply need to be loving just prioritize a relationship over whether or not you are right or right. wrong and uh you know we talk about that with parenting you know at the end of the day if you want your kids to still love you when they grow up yeah. prioritize a relationship over whether right. or not they are right or you are right right uh, and this so, is a much more free way to live it's yep. a, a way to live without regret and uh and to you know just be carrying burdens around uh and keeping score with people yeah it's, it's to finish these things off own your stuff and like scott said a lot of times the reaction to that is they're going to own their stuff too and you're going to live with a lot less conflict yeah. in your life good stuff today hey man give it up for our beloved friend jordan thank you jordan yeah. thank you all for having I think me we'll have game to have master back, do, do, we need a live version where we just play a game yeah, I brought what we need. You brought some, games today. Yeah, what we need to do day. is order some of these games and play them. I will not order not, none of Scott's. Half, half of mine will get down a no fly list. So. <laughs> I want to do the Ice Cube one. Uh, Smoker's Wild sounds like the it will be cube, hilarious. Yeah. We need to bring Credo to seminary class yeah, and right, have right, our professors right, right. join in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's their theology. So if you know of any weird board games, make sure you comment down there and let us know. Uh, we love reading those and and participating that. Make sure you share. Make sure you uh, talk to somebody about weird faith. Our goal here is to make faith approachable. And for someone that might never, never step foot in church uh, or maybe isn't even a Christian, that we would begin to destigmatize all the weird things that Christians do that we're going to talk about in a month or two uh, and get past some of that to the truth that we talked about today. I think anyone could approach this uh, topic of blame and learn something amazing from yeah, it. And that, that's absolutely. The, we believe the Bible is true, uh, you know, getting it out there um, and being loving and, and just having conversations with people. Yeah. Uh, so we want to get this, uh, you know, out to, to your friends and to your family. So send it to somebody. Let's, uh, let's get weird together. Yeah. You all are amazing. Uh, we will see you all after Thanksgiving. So you guys have an, you guys are amazing too. I just hey, wanted to tell them. He They're was laughing amazing. at what I said. Let's get weird together. He did. Let's get <laughs> and weird. I threw that out there. Just kind of keep moving <laughs> you tried on. tried to buzz through it. That uh, was a weird thing to say. I, I have an amazing Thanksgiving. We will see you guys in December for a special uh, live version of Weird Faith. Also, come check out CBC or Barbersville Baptist Church. Is that the right name? Yeah, Barbersville absolutely. Baptist. Uh, down there south. During the Christmas time. You know, Perfect it's a great time. time to go to church. Every time's a great time to go yeah, to church, but it's yeah. a really special time of year. Got any other pluggables season. like uh, coffee blends or... Uh, no. Follow Tom him on social Lucha. media. Maybe. <laughs> I, I may accept you. I don't know. If you Smash find me on social like media, button. sure. Yeah. Just find him in, in real life. 
Yeah. And just just give we'll them a We'll get coffee then. Yeah. <laughs> go down to Barbersville. Yeah, you know, Come to Barbersville. Go to Fat Absolutely. Patties. You know, have Fat fun. Patties. There you go. There you go. Axe throwing. Axe throwing. Huntington Mall. Huntington Mall. There you go. Just walk around. That's the mall madness that <laughs> yeah. we really need to talk yeah. about. Absolutely. It, yeah. He'll show you how to have a real shopping spree. <laughs> and <laughs> you can just go take things budget. off the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> All hey. right, guys. Thank you guys so much for joining uh, us. Let's Bill? get weird because normal isn't working. See y'all. Thank <laughs> you.